Startle us, O God, with your truth. Open us to your love. And in these sacred days, help us to meet the child at the manger and look for what his presence says to us. And in this hour, may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts, may they be acceptable in your sight. For you, O Lord, are our rock and our redeemer. Amen. Mr. Bell is a special man in this neighborhood. Parents of any Kilgore Elementary School student know who I'm talking about. I've heard his name many times, and my children are not even old enough to be there yet. Mr. Bell has been working at the school for years, first as a custodian and after earning his degree, now as a PE teacher. But his most recognizable characteristic is something that is not a part of his job description. Every morning, Mr. Bell stands on the front walk to the school and greets the students. He welcomes them, handing out high fives and handshakes and telling them to have a great day. He does this starting in kindergarten, and he welcomes them all, every one of them, by name. Mr. Bell is the kind of guy people observe and think to themselves, that guy has figured out exactly what he was born to do. It's like watching LeBron James play basketball or hearing Marie Fleming sing an aria. But gifts of calling like these are not limited to celebrities or performers. They are found all over the place. Mr. Bell is one of them. On the other side of town, Rodney Christian plays a similar role in the life of children at our sister church, Third Presbyterian. If you keep your eyes open, you can see them all over the place. People who just seem to be doing exactly what they were made to do. It may be their job, but it may be something they do as a volunteer, or it's something about the way they are present with other people. At some point in time, these people made a choice to do what they are doing. Was it fate, or chance, or providence? Did they really have a choice at all? It's hard to know. What seems obvious, though, is that they made the choice they did because in some significant way, it is simply consistent with who they are. I wonder if you've ever thought this way about Mary, the mother of Jesus. Mary is not remarkable. Mary, I'm sorry, Mary is remarkable in the history of the world, not because she is smart or gifted, not because she was powerful, not because she was any kind of an expert or celebrity. No, Mary was remarkable because she willingly accepted a call that God placed on her life. She figured out what she was supposed to do, and she did it. 
It seems to me that she was able to do it because it was perfectly consistent with who she was. And following God's call in a way that is consistent with who you are, well, that is something that any of us can do also. Let's think for a few minutes about Mary and the story we read about her today. Mary is a virgin, or a young woman, as some translations have it. We'll come back to those words. She is engaged to a man named Joseph. Mary is probably in her mid-teenage years. They married young back then. In marrying Joseph, she will leave her family and go with him. She is dependent upon him. And if anything were to happen to him or to their union, as a widow or a divorced woman, Mary would become an extremely vulnerable person. An angel visits Mary. About this matter, I have no greater wisdom than any of you. In seminary, they don't teach you what an angel looks like. But what all of us do know, right from the text in the Bible, is that Mary was perplexed. And the angel says to her, do not be afraid. So it's safe to assume that Mary was afraid. Think about that. Unbelievable as it may be that someone would see an angel, Mary reacts in a very believable way. Any of us would be perplexed and afraid. As their conversation continues, the angel tells Mary she has found favor with God. This is good news. And the angel then tells her that she is going to have a child. He is going to be the Son of God. Again, unbelievable stuff until you consider that she's talking with an angel, so one doesn't really expect that the conversation is going to be a conventional one. And so even though the circumstances continue to be unbelievable, Mary, again, has a believable reaction. She asks the angel the obvious question, how can this be, she asks, for I am a virgin. This point about Mary being a virgin, it's an interesting one. It's one of the things that people seem to remember most about this story. Some folks get a little hung up on it. They would prefer to remove the mystery and the miracle of it. As I mentioned before, some note that there are texts that translate this word as young woman. That might have been the meaning. Mary's virginity has also been demystified by explaining that it is an ancient literary device, and that's true. The Greeks and other cultures, too, wrote many stories in which a woman becomes miraculously pregnant. It's one of the ways of showing that the child will be special or a hero. Some of the need to explain Mary's virginity is confusing to me, for, again, if you believe that Mary was visited by an angel, and if you believe that she's going to be the mother to the Son of God, you really should be willing to go along with most any definition about how she got pregnant. But I agree that collectively these miraculous things may be hard to believe, and so let's consider all of them together. 
What I think may be helpful when it comes to Mary is to think of her from a different angle than we often do. Mary's virgin pregnancy, but also her own miraculous birth, referred to as the Immaculate Conception in the Roman Catholic tradition. This is one of a number of different things about Mary that causes us to think about her, about Mary herself, as supernatural or divine. She is quite different from us. That's the traditional Catholic viewpoint, as I understand it. You may not realize that Protestant tradition says something different about Mary. For us, Mary is not different. She's an ordinary person like the rest of us, and God decides to move in her life in an extraordinary way. John Calvin said that Mary is called favored, that Mary is called blessed in this passage, not because she herself is worthy of praise, but because her life has been touched by God. And that is a blessing. She's blessed. She's happy about what has happened to her. There is usefulness to thinking about Mary as different from us, but when we think about her as a person just like the rest of us, that's a faith that we can all participate in, even if we are ordinary people, which all of us are. In Mary, God didn't need someone who was so different, who was powerful or sophisticated or had a particular skill set. God needed someone who was open to God's leading and willing to follow wherever God would send her. Mary was both of these things in spades. She was precisely the person for this particular calling. She acts in a way that is perfectly consistent with who she is. That's why when faced with an extremely frightening and unusual set of circumstances, when visited by this angel and this high calling from God, events that would paralyze most of us, Mary is chosen because she is the one who is able to humbly respond, Here I am, the servant of the Lord. Let it be with me according to your word. That response is Mary's gift. And like with all of the other people I mentioned at the start of this sermon, when we see someone who is living according to what they were created to do, it is a beautiful thing to watch. All of this is important for us because None of us are going to be faithful in just the same way that Mary was, and we know that. But I believe that every one of us is exactly the person that God wants us to be. That you were created to do the things that God wants from you. And it may be that God could help you find that thing in life, that you were made to do. 
And it could be something as simple as greeting children when they arrive at school. So my Christmas wish for you this year is that you might take some time thinking about the question, what are my gifts? What do I do that causes me to feel the most at home and closest to my true self? What thing can I do that is consistent with who I am? And finally, is there a way I could ask God to go to work in that part of my life? It is in the pursuit of questions such as these that extraordinary things take place in the lives of ordinary people. Amen.